What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode. We're moving forward today with Trisha Stewart Shu. She's an acclaimed award-winning author and speaker based in Los Angeles. She has written several best-selling books spanning the young adult fantasy and sci-fi genres. Her most recent bestseller, Please Hold, is based on her experience as a high-level executive assistant at a top six entertainment studio. You can learn more at her website, tstewartshoe.com. How are you today, Trisha? Well, hi, John. I'm doing great. (laughs) It's great to have you. I am honored to have you on the show. We've been following each other on social for a while. Love all of the content that you're putting out. But I want our listeners to know your story because you have such an interesting background. I mean, you started out working for a top six entertainment studio. So talk a little bit about that and how you transitioned into becoming a speaker and author. Yeah, uh, two very different uh, areas, yes. right? Um, I I actually have a, a degree in psychology, and uh, and then decided that I wanted to write and I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. And so to make ends meet, I started temping. Mm-hmm. And within a very short period of time, I got a, a job offer. Uh, to work for Rupert Murdoch, who was oh, wow. the head of the studio of Fox Studios. Yes. So um, that was a huge thing, a huge transition. And um, I worked there for eight years and I, you know, was able to do some creative things on my free time um, and left in 2000 to, to pursue writing and then had this incredible metaphysical experience, and it was a, an awakening of sorts. Wow. Um, yeah, and um, I, it really threw me for a loop, and I ended up, um, you know, it was a, a an experience with the spirit. I was on vacation in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, I laid down for a nap, and within a very short period of time, I, I suddenly experienced this spirit i in my mind's eye i saw the spirit and when i opened my eyes because i was sort of in a twilight sleep mm-hmm. nothing was there but when i closed my eyes the spirit was definitely there and we had this whole encounter and i didn't know what to do with it and so after that experience i began to write because i'm a writer and i process that way yeah. but i also took a lot of classes uh, a lot of classes metaphysical classes um mediumship and uh, you know sort of connecting with sort of the ethereal world Mm -hmm. and discovered all kinds of things about myself and decided to create a story about that. And that's what the young adult science fiction series is about. It's called the MOA series. Oh, wow. And then fast forward to 2008 when the economy tanked and I thought, well, what do I know? And, and what can I do? And what I could do was the high level executive assistant thing. So I'd had this learning experience since I left uh, Fox. And then I ended up going back to the very same area, working just for the COO as opposed to the CEO mm-hmm. of Fox. And um, from that point, I was doing this very familiar work. 
but I was a completely different person. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. I mean, what was that like for you, Trisha, going back in 2008? And then, I mean, what were your feelings and, and impressions? I mean, having made that big leap, having, you know, followed your passion to, to start writing and ha- having that um, experience that you did in Hawaii and then going back to the environment that you were in, you know, years before. I got to say, it was tough. Yeah. It, it, it's like uh, having a sense that uh, you hadn't had before just flip on. Um, it, I felt incredibly sensitive, and um, it took a lot of uh, sort of figuring out. I mean, I, I really, honestly, um, it was really tough. And what it showed me in very, in very clear detail was just how, first of all, how shut off so many people are, mm-hmm. um, how ba- numbed out people are and, um, and they just go to work and they do their thing and then they leave. Yes. And, um, you know, it's funny, it, it, you know, people may talk about happiness, but I, I don't think it's about that. I think it was just a hyper vigilance about their jobs, about the environment. Like it, it, it and what it does is it sort of creates this numbed out, discontent. Mm -hmm. So that's what I noticed about a lot of people. But what I the wonderful thing I discovered was about the high powered people, these executives that these C level executives, and how they go about the world. I noticed that they actually were using some of the same tools I was using. Oh, wow. Which which ones in particular? I mean, was there one in particular that really surprised you? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, there were many. Um, The one thing I noticed was that one executive, people talked a lot about him being able to read a room. Mm -hmm. So he'd he'd go into a meeting, very powerful man. He'd walk into a meeting and he would instantly know who was in it, what was going on, you know, he would read the energy is the way I would put it in a, in a metaphysical sense, in an energetic sense. Only he didn't call himself any kind of an intuitive. He just sort of knew things. He just knew, you know, yeah. of course, he used his intelligence. So what he did was he'd go in, he'd read the room energetically. He'd figured out exactly what was going on in the room, what needed to happen in order to get his point across, to get his agenda created to get the people to do what was necessary in order to create the business deal or Mm -hmm. to time it right. So timing was another thing when you, when you're able to sort of be in a place of understanding when is it time to buy this or sell this property? Trisha, during this part of your journey, I mean, what was happening with your writing? Were you still writing uh, when you went back to work for the COO? I absolutely was. I, I do that to process anyway, mm-hmm. and um, I had in in the space of my sort of the the space between my first job, first go around at Fox, and then the second one, I'd written about the executive assistant world, and so the fascinating thing was I went back. I I kind of put that book down when I wrote the Moa series. That seemed to take more importance, so I just went back to that. But when I was working for the COO, I picked up that old executive assistant novel that I'd written and dusted it off and some incredible sort of learning and similarities. Yeah. And you you had more experiences to, to input into that as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I also had some really freaky things happen too. Like, right. I, I put the book down for a good, like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried so hard to get it done cause I love to finish things, but there was just something missing. And, um, when I put it down, it, w- it was right before I started working for the COO. So I, at the last minute, cause I, you know, sometimes as a writer, you have to completely scrap certain pieces yes. of the book. Yes. I'm sure you've experienced that, right? So I got this very strong sense that I needed to just cut the book in half and rewrite the second half. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've been working (laughs) so hard. Like the book had been edited. So I was like, all right. So I I made up this world of um, cubicles and I kind of made up characters and I made up feelings and, and just like really strong, a visceral experience within this world of cubicles. Um, and lo and behold, so I put it away, forgot about it for four years, got this really strong sense and urge four or five years later to pick the book back up and start writing on it again. I didn't understand why. And as I reread it, when I was working for the COO, they had redone the floor that we were working on and they relocated all of us, probably about 15 of us, down to a cubicle room. Like basically it was just a bunch of cubes and I had very, very similar experiences. Wow. (laughs) What I wrote. And so I got to do just what you said. I got to basically, I got material and it was so rich and, and it, and so that book is a very visceral, um, you know, expression of that world that a lot of people don't know and don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings me to today, Tricia. What would you say is your big why? Why do we, why are we here? Why am I here? That, that has been my big question. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Why? You like the small questions, don't you, Tricia? <laughs> that and is a big, big, big why and a big question. So expand a little bit about that. Okay. So for me, I have always asked that question, why? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I used to kind of be uh, made fun of by my family because I constantly was asking that. But the bottom line is, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And for me, when I had that metaphysical experience and that awakening, I realized that it was to connect with that part of me that I'd actually forgotten about. It's not like it was some random occurrence. Um, What I realized was that when I was like five, I'd had a, a, a big Uh, spiritual experience, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then I started saying to myself, wait a second, I remembered that. And then I actually remembered a time in high school when I saw a girl in high school and I thought to myself, I'm going to see her in a long time from now, like 20 years. And sure enough, 20 years later, some random occurrence brought us back together. Gosh, wow. And lots of moments like that. So when I had that sort of adulthood um, re reawakening. I'm calling it a remembering. Yeah. I think we're here to remember. Interesting. I really yeah. do. I, I think we have all we need. It's not like we have to go back and, or we have to go into something. We actually just need to sit still, unplug from everything 
and connect with the part of us that we need to remember. Well, Trisha, so let me ask you, I mean, that is such an important question, and I'm, I'm so glad you're bringing that up on today's episode. So what would you say is a challenge that you face towards achieving that why or as part of your journey in getting to that why? I would say the number one thing is usually what comes up when a, an intuitive, a person speaks their truth or speaks about their intuition, and that is skepticism. Yeah. A lot of people are under the impression that others are psychic, that other people have these intuitive hits and they have to go to those people. But then what that does is it kind of gives them an out. Mm -hmm. It gives them this sort of connection. This, it, it gives them a disconnect to what the truth is. Um, and I really believe that skepticism, that your own skepticism really, really works. So the example, the example I'll give is, and, and when I used it, and it really, really worked for me, was when I had that metaphysical experience in Hawaii, I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. Why am I experiencing this? And so I just said to this spirit, prove it, that this is not some kind of dream or some sort of thing I'm making up. So what she did was she flashed this picture. This is all kind of in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. She flashed a picture of a, a woman I didn't know. And I looked at it and I said, okay, I don't know this person. And she said, yes. She said, this person is sort of a missing person to your mother-in-law. Her name is Sharon. And I said, what should I do with this? And she said, just look at it. Just look at this person. And I sort of really got a clear image. And that was it. So I woke up and I thought, oh, that was a nice, odd experience and dream. My mother-in-law came back. Uh, with my young daughter at the time, she was in a stroller, and invited me out for a walk. And I was pushing the stroller. We went to this park, and she sort of disappeared around this kiosk. And I heard her squeal. And as I followed, I almost <laughs> fainted. There was the woman in the picture, hugging my mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law was almost in tears. And she's like, oh, my God. This is my friend Sharon. I have been looking for her for 40 years. Whoa. And, and yeah, wow. I believe that. <laughs> so, Tricia, I mean, it's interesting. So you've had this transformative experience, and yet you still face the challenge with your big why. So talk a little bit about what you're doing today to move forward past that challenge in terms of achieving your big why. Well, so the, the second part to skepticism and asking questions and researching yes. is trust. So had I not believed, had I continued to sort of say that I was not seeing the truth, saying that I was not experiencing something, I could have easily not be here talking to you today about this. Yeah. I could be one of those numbed out people. Yeah. Um, still in my desk job, staring at the computer, being pissed off about things and confused and, and actually having random things happen to me and me not knowing or understanding why. Yeah. So, so instead, I trust. So trusting yourself, you have to trust yourself first. And I got to tell you, after that experience, I did share it with a couple people. Mm -hmm. And there were... There was one person in particular who said, I don't believe you. That must have been, that must have taken you back. 
it actually helped me tremendously. What it did was it allowed me to solidify my own, my self-trust. It allowed me to say, no, there are a lot of things that are gray areas. And as humans, we sort of have to look at what's right and wrong, what's truth and what's, you know, a lie. But there are some things that in your heart, deep within you, you know to be true. And this was one of those things. So actually, that person being skeptical really helped me to know exactly what my truth was. Interesting. And Trisha, talk a little bit about how these experiences have influenced your writing. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have a very different and much deeper experience with my characters. Um, I used to, you know, have these more objective conversations interesting. Uh, interesting. with the characters. That's but now- inter- I want to interrupt you for just a second. Objective <laughs> conversations. And I think, can you, can you expand a little bit about that? Because I think this is something that you're hitting on that is really important, not only for our listeners, but as, as someone who is also writing a book right now, talk a little bit about what you mean by ob- moving from objective to a more intimate connection with your characters. Oh, I can give you a very clear experience that I had. So, you know, so I'd written that book uh, about the executive assistant, Please Hold. Yes. Um, And I'd, you know, I put it down because I was so frustrated. And I'd written this character and she, her name was Sarah Marks. And she's this lovely person, but there's, there's really something missing mm. with her relationship. She she went on this first date with this guy, and and the guy was kind of bland. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Why is this so? Ugh. So I put it down. That was one of many things that just wasn't working about the book. All right. So I think four or five years later, I said I got this hit. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was I was driving along. Um, and you know, I'd already had a very deep, what I thought was a deep connection with Sarah Marks. We'd had these sort of moments where I would say that the story would flow through me. That's what I would call an objective way Mm -hmm. of connecting. So, you know, it was more like I was seeing the way things should be. And I manipulated the story the way I thought it would work. So that's what I would call objective, kind of looking at the big big picture, looking at the story, seeing how whatever sort of image or storyline came to me and then fitting it in. So all these years later, I was driving along and suddenly Sarah Marks began to have and I began to have a conversation. Wow. She came out to me. And it turns out that she wasn't heterosexual. She was actually a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And that the the main character that or the person that she was connected with was a female. Ah, interesting. Tell you how first of all, I was so uh, you know, shocked that I'm like, you really? Like it had been eight years since I wrote that book. Like I it had been so long. And I was like, You mean this whole time? This has been here, and I didn't see it, but mostly I felt proud. I felt so incredibly proud of Sarah and the fact that she was able to bring this to my attention so that I could finally fix the book and make it 
a great story. And because you you're letting what? your characters tell the story. I mean, I know it's something that I recently read on writing by Stephen King, and he talks a lot about that. It's kind of a pitfall that a lot of writers will fall into is what you're talking about, trying to objectively map out a story as opposed to letting your characters tell it. And I love how you just illustrated that so beautifully for our listeners. Thank you so much, Tricia. Well, you're welcome. Tricia, let's talk a little bit about some great tips for 2018. Are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? I'm ready. I'm All right. Ready. Trisha, so excited to have you on. And you've already talked about something I think is gold, talking about just having those conversations with your characters, especially if you're a fiction writer. What is your best writing tip for this year, 2018, that you want to share with Moving Forward listeners? Mm. Listen. Listen oh. to your characters. Yeah. They know where they're going. They know what's best for them. Don't be afraid to have a conversation with them. Don't be afraid to listen, though, because I think a lot of times writers are so lovely, but they're so one-sided in in their sort of need to control the situation that they miss things like I did. I mean, I, I love that that character finally showed me this, and the book ended up being – well, I, I changed very little. Let's just say that. Like, it was so shocking that I'd actually written – for that relationship because very little changed. Mm -hmm. Trisha, recommend if you have one. I'm always curious, especially when I interview authors and you've written so many great books, do you have a favorite resource? And a resource can be a technical tool or do you have a practice, a writing practice that's been really helpful for you getting your ideas, getting your thoughts and getting your characters onto paper? I think The Writer's Journey by... Christopher Vogler. Oh, wow. That's a great book. Yeah. And is there a particular uh, nugget of wisdom that you can share from that book that would be helpful? He draws a lot from Joseph Campbell, Mm -hmm. but I definitely believe the, the, the sort of the structure portion. I mean, there are a lot of times where I just kind of keep the book with me. And if I get if I'm if I'm outlining something, I will refer back to that, and nine times out of ten, it will get me back on track oh, about great. where the story needs to go structurally. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And Trisha, super excited to ask you, what is one small activity or choice that you're going to make today, or maybe you already made it before we hopped on this call? Pick one and share with our listeners a choice or activity that you're making to move forward. Mm, I'm going to listen to myself. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. That seems yeah. to be a theme today. But you know what? As as we're talking about this, I realize that sometimes I get so caught up in my lists and my, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the burden of like, you know, the budget and the whatever, that sometimes I just don't listen. Like yeah. I don't yeah. truly just stop for a second and 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 take my own advice. So <laughs> I think <laughs> there we you go. all need to do that. I think it's important advice. Hey, moving forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Trisha, as a sci-fi writer, I'm going to ask you, are you ready to do a little time travel? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to step into a time machine. We're gonna oh, nice. Set, we're going to set the date for five years from today. You're going to meet your future self. And what I'd like you to do is share who Trisha is in five years. I first of all have my dream home, which has a beautiful ocean view. Mm-hmm. I'm quite, I'm supported. I'm connecting with people who share the same interests. I'm speaking to groups of people who are interested in moving forward. Oh, so I that, I love that that idea, people that are forward thinking, that are moving forward, um, and the idea of time travel. So people that are interested in something other than r- what's right there in front of them. And, um, and I'm connecting with millions of people. I've got millions of followers and, and people who come, people come in, in big groups to listen and maybe watch, watch me on, you know, social media or whatever the technology is at that time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Trisha, how can our listeners connect with you and learn all about the great work that you're doing? Um, they can go to my website and they can contact me through there. I think I've gotten about area. They just message me um, or they can contact me on Twitter, Facebook, and all of that. I'm just T. Stewart Shoe. So awesome. that's my, my username. And Instagram. I yeah. would be remiss if I didn't mention that. Also, uh, you have a podcast pilot coming up. You want to share with our listeners a little bit about that? I do. I'm pretty excited. Um, so the the intuitive part of me and then the business part of me are coming together in this wonderful podcast um, through Wondery, the podcast network. And um, what I will do is I'm having guests come on that either have a compelling story or have some kind of amazing experience that they want to share that has transformed them uh, in some way with regard to their intuition. So they either listened to their intuition or they did not, but either way, they learned something powerful. Oh, fantastic. And it, the show may be out by the time this episode airs. And if it is, we'll definitely have it linked in the show notes. Well, Trisha, I would love and be honored to have you close out the show. So share some parting wisdom with our moving forward listeners. Well, thanks, John. You know, since the theme was listen, I want to let people know that listening is active. Yes. Listening is about truth and actually about communication. So a lot of people sort of go back into something, into themselves, and and they don't understand that actually listening is something that includes communication. So I would encourage people to connect with their truth in that quiet moment, as I will, and understand that you're loved. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Trisha, I want to thank you so much for coming on today, for sharing your story and some incredible knowledge bursts on developing story, getting in touch with your truth, listening and writing so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And moving forward, listeners, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on social at bemovingforward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.